With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to A to Z Sports Primetime. On this Tuesday evening, I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great people at the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands. That's where Amanda J. and her team are willing to go for you, the best in the business. And uh, in terms of protecting your constitutional rights is AmandaJGentry.com. And TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. Get a new way to work out with the new version of you at TrueMathFitness.com. They are the place to be. So of all the different things to look at on this roster, there's a couple of things that obviously pop out. First and foremost, three quarterbacks. This felt like a given. A lot of people thought there might be conspiracy uh, and and Malik Willis not end up on this 53-man roster. I saw some tinfoil hat commentary in the uh, live stream chat of my radio show today. But yes, Malik Willis, Will Levis, and Ryan Tannehill all on this 53-man group. Running backs, they only keep three. No fullback on this roster. Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears, Julius Chestnut are the running backs. Seven wide receivers is the biggest upset of any position group where the numbers might have been skewed. They keep both Colton Dow and Kiaris Jackson. Kyle Phillips does not go on injured reserve, which means they, you know, obviously will try and bring him back at some point this season. Had they shut him down, had they put him on IR like they did Hassan Haskins uh, prior to the 53-man cuts, then he would have been done for the year. But Nick Westbrook, Akina, Colton Dow, and Kiaris Jackson all fill out the bottom of the roster. Again, it's an initial roster. This may not be the same collection of players that uh, is on the 53-man roster by the time we get to week one in New Orleans. But for the time being, seven wide receivers. Three tight ends uh, with an extra wide receiver. They It cost them a tight end spot. Thomas Odakoya, somebody thought we thought they that would make it, somebody who f- figures to be on their practice squad, uh, worth keeping an eye on. Offensive line, there were no real surprises with this group as far as guys who were kept and guys who made it. Defensive line, the number is a little thinner because they kept an additional outside linebacker. Caleb Murphy ended up making the cut. Um, I know a lot of people were standing for Eric Guerrer, uh, Mike Brown, Anthony Kendall, Matthew Jackson all made the roster over him. And of course, they brought in the kicker uh, with a last minute trade with the New England Patriots, Nick Folk, for a 2025 seventh round pick. So that's your Titans 53 man roster summarized. And I want to ask you this question, your Two Rivers Ford take, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. What was the most surprising thing to come out of Titans roster cuts? Was there a player that you thought should have made the roster that didn't? Were there players who made the roster that you were surprised to see? We will discuss at 
length together right after I remind you that the primetime show and your Two Rivers Ford take is, of course, presented by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is where you go 40 years of doing quality American-made Ford vehicles with award-winning customer service. No better place for you to enjoy the car buying experience than Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. So where were the surprises for you on the roster? What was the most surprising thing to come out of roster cut day? Bryce Erickson said, finally released McMath, two years too late. You know, I did think that Racy was okay in camp. He wasn't anything special. I thought he was okay in the preseason. Didn't think there was anything that really jumped. Uh, Cooper Martin says, no chance Campbell was the biggest surprise. I didn't think he was going to be on the roster. Ben Neiman is Aziz Alshair's backup. So, and I know we didn't really talk about Ben Neiman a lot. I don't think a, a backup nickel linebacker is something that often warrants a ton of discussion, but I had a feeling that that was that him and Gifford would beat out Chance Campbell. That way, Gifford is a core special teamer, and Neiman, I think, can be a good player for them, both on special teams and on defense. Anthony Clay says he's glad that Garris Jackson made it. Team King says seven wide receiver, receivers equals smash mouth football. Uh, for Titans, Rossi, he says Thomas Odekoya, Rishi Guzman agrees that those were the most surprising uh, so, I, you know, Odequoy, excuse me, Mike Vrabel spoke highly of him. They don't have a fullback slash H-back tight end, the guy that Kevin Rader was for them last year. So it's safe to assume that Rader or Odequoya, perhaps both, will be on the practice squad. They can call them up as game day elevations. They can end up on the 53-man roster yet. And, of course, Thomas Odequoya has a roster exemption on their practice squad, which would allow them to keep 17 players. But I think that, uh, you know, anytime that Mike Vrabel starts to praise a player in a way, I don't want to say that it's over the top, because I, I do think he means what he says about how much he appreciates how how hard Thomas Lucas works and how much he's committed to being a blocker in their scheme and all the different things that they uh, that he has complimented on him on, on his you know, his character, how responsible he is. These things do matter, but it's something that typically, uh, it's something that typically doesn't bode well for guys who make the initial roster. Now, like I said, uh, he could end up on the 53 at some point this season, but just for the initial, that is not the case. Take, he says, Josh Wiley has taken up Otakoya's spot. Well, not really, because they can get, they can, Hide, uh, they can hide Odakoya easier than they can hide Josh Wiley, even though Josh Wiley has not done anything that I think you know necessarily is uh, would would make you feel like you overwhelmingly trust him. He's got a lot more work to do. Stephen Kayser or Kayser, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your last name, says I'm surprised Titans didn't just claim Folk after getting cut instead of giving up a pick. Uh, I mean, it's a 2025. Uh, it's a 2025 uh, seventh rounder. You know, what, what is a 2025 seventh rounder? It's nothing. It's, um, you know, the difference between a 2025 seventh rounder and a UDFA is the UDFA gets to pick where he lands and the seventh rounder does not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat that, uh, at all, um, by any stretch of the imagination. Kenny Hill says Wiley has brick hands. I mean, he's a, I, I don't, I don't think that's a fair assessment. I think that the 
one interception in Chicago was bad. I think the second interception against the Patriots that went off his hands, that was that was a Malik Willis error. That was not, I don't think that was a Josh Wiley. I know that wasn't a Josh Wiley issue. Anyway, Wiley hasn't impressed me, says Mr. Jones. He's looked awful more often than he's looked competent. Well, he's a fifth-round rookie and tight ends. Rookie tight ends do typically struggle. I had no idea. I was pretty surprised to learn that Chig, uh, at some point this offseason, that Chig was a um, was the one of the most statistically, and in some categories, was the most statistically productive tight end as a rookie last season. Rookie tight ends, for some reason, tend to take a little while longer than the average position, and I'm not sure that there's anything, anything to uh, anything to quantify that as. But anyway, um, so of all the different things that surprised me, the surprise to me, uh, you're going to hear from him in just a second. He is a Titans fan, not just a Titans player. He's a local product from Lebanon, Tennessee, and I'll uh, let you hear from Colton Dow here in just a minute. Right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com. Your first workout is free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, you guys know that I dropped 58 pounds. Could not have done it without the great people, without the great coaching staff, and the great facility that is TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Whether you want to take their group classes, sign up for personal training, or get a membership and work out as you like in their open gym concept. TrueMath Fitness is the best workout in Middle Tennessee, a new way to work out for the new version of you. Go to TrueMathFitness.com today. So as you look at the roster, what was the biggest surprise? The biggest surprise to me was seven wide receivers and even more that the seven wide receivers included rookie Colton Dow. Um, I feel like it did. It went, it went well, you know, um, Coach Ray said that first half is, you know, not our brand of football. We came back and, um, Came back the second half and had a really good game. But as far as, you know, feeling-wise, it's, it's amazing to play, you know, hometown, Nissan Stadium. Um, I think that added to it, but it was it was just awesome. It felt really good to play out there today. You got the most snaps out of all the receivers. Was that something coming in that was the understanding that you want to play a lot tonight? Um, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, it was. And, you know, I'm glad I'm glad they gave me that opportunity. Can you take me through that 30-yard reception and the lead hit you on that? Yeah. No, um, he definitely, um, I ran the cross, that man stayed inside, and I was like, okay, I got to set him at the top, and it's probably going to be a um, a deeper ball instead of, you know, but Malik, you know, he's got an arm, puts the ball right there where the defender can't grab it. Um, I caught it. I thought I was going to be able to get out of there, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, they get paid too. We made a good play and tackled him. You mentioned the, the slow start. Is there something there that you guys have kind of identified that might be, you know, a no. commonality? No, just got to come out better. Gotta come out there. What do you think about Malik? So that's Colton Dow. I was surprised to see him make it. Uh, I think that uh, I think that Colton Dow, to his credit, got better as camp wore on. I think that he took the coaching and and made himself an asset on special teams. Uh, if you'll remember the quote, and I'm sure Mike Vrabel loved it, the idea that he was looking for in his first preseason game more tackles than he was receptions. Talking about being an asset on special teams, and and so Colton Dow and his hard work are rewarded with a an initial 53-man practice uh, or 53-man roster spot. Now, uh, you know, do I think they keep seven wide receivers all year? Probably not. And I think that Colton Dow, Kyrus Jackson, somebody's going to be the odd man out once Phillips is available and ready to go. That they didn't put Phillips on injured reserve today is a positive. Um, so we will keep an eye on his situation. They also got Traylon Burks back at practice yesterday. Titans will have practice tomorrow. 
but will uh, it will be closed to the media. The next time that we will have media availability will be Thursday. Rand Carthon will speak to the media at 945. So we're looking forward to that, and we'll catch up with the GM of the Titans then. What was the biggest surprise on the roster to you guys on the initial 53-man roster? Uh, Rambo First Blood says, one thing I could say in Malik Willis's favor Seems like the team loves him. Yeah, he's he's well-liked by his teammates. Um, and again, there's plenty of positives to, to say about Malik Willis. Malik Willis did make progress. I don't think that he's, uh, I don't think that he's going to be, you know, much better in, in a, in a live game should he have to play than he was last year. But I do think that he is better and that matters. Now, you know, more quarterbacks is better than fewer quarterbacks especially when you've got the kind of assets that Tennessee does at the quarterback position. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on how these things develop and scout team reps are really the only reps that they're going to get now the two backup quarterbacks and how they kind of split that up is going to be fascinating to see. I kind of consider their development like flatlining for now, because there's no more preseason games, no more opportunities for them to work with a second and third team offense, because there's not enough players for a second and third team offense after training camp concludes and after roster cuts concludes. So I think that Malik Willis is well-liked and that did he did earn his roster spot. Uh, it'll be something that they have to kind of work around all season long because, of course, three quarterbacks is going to mean numbers, fewer numbers elsewhere. Uh, Takey says he was very surprised that uh, Dow made it over Reggie Roberson. I uh, would not necessarily surprised over that. I didn't think Roberson had done much in the preseason. Um, Monty Rice says Eric Alonzo being on the 53 man roster surprised Eric. Uh, you know, he can play special teams. He didn't make, he didn't, you know, he didn't beat out Jack Gibbons for a starting, uh, for a starting, you know, base defense spot. But I think that he can still, you know, he's a third round pick. There's not enough there to give up on him just because he's been hurt a lot. And he was back at practice on Monday. So that at least was a positive development. Let's talk about the position group that you feel the best about right now on the roster. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length together right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by the Law Offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, that's where Amanda J. and her team go. 35 counties, Tennessee Family and Criminal Courts in 35 counties is where they have practiced they mean what they say when they say wherever justice demands. Find out how you can get your constitutional rights protected by the best in the business. That's the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, amandajgentry.com. So what position do you feel uh, the best about on the roster right now after the initial roster cuts have concluded? Craig Baxter says running backs, pretty solid group, right? Derrick Henry. Tajay Spears and Julius Chestnut feel pretty solid about that. Uh, JDub89 on YouTube says outside linebacker and running back. He agrees with that assessment. Defensive line and running back uh, says top tier. Defensive line a little thinner this year, right? So just kind of looking at the uh, looking at the numbers on the defensive line, um, you know, the thinner ev everywhere because of seven wide receivers and, and three quarterbacks. So worth worth paying attention to that. Simmons, Autry, Tart, Peavy, and Naquan Jones, who's missed a lot of time with injury. Those are the only five down defensive linemen that they kept. 
They also had four outside linebackers, not something that they've typically done in years past, but Caleb Murphy, too good to let go, uh, worth keeping around at this point in time. Uh, Danny Barnhill says defensive line. You know, it's it's a solid it's a solid group of five, right? It's a solid group of five. There's just not a ton of numbers. I do feel pretty good about their outside linebacker group now with Arden Key, Harold Landry, Rashad Weaver, and Caleb Murphy. It was good to see him make the roster. I thought he was going to be a pretty close call. I think the Lord has put me in a position where, you know, uh, I'm grateful for everything I have, you know, so every opportunity I've had, you know, I'm going to continue to, you know, thank him and uh, continue to put my trust in him. You walk out of here pretty confident tonight? Whether it's here or somewhere, confident. you're going you're gonna to yeah. be somewhere in this league? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's always been a known thing. You know, no, no, no matter how I get there or when I get there, you know, I'm going to be some, something somewhere at some point. How, how much did you appreciate the opportunity that you got from the coaching staff? Sorry if you already answered that, but kind of extended work there. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, I love the coaches here. You know, they, they looked – they see me. I came in here. I was probably a deer in the headlights when I got here, but you know they they took their time. They're patient with me, and you know they they uh, helped me, you know, build my craft and just work on some things that I needed to. So I'm very thankful for the opportunities that they've given me. Specifically, like working with Coach Crow, what have you kind of taken from him so far? Crow Crow has showed me how violent I truly can be. Uh, I'll say that for sure. Um, He's one of those guys, you know, you just get juice from him uh, coming in and out. So, you know, he helps you with your confidence, just walking in and out, uh, all those things. I mean, Crow is a great coach, great teacher. So, you know, I listen about everything he says. So that is uh, Caleb Murphy after the Patriots preseason game, speaking with uh, a couple of us in the locker room. Outside linebacker depth, pretty solid. Uh, Bryce Erickson says he loves that answer. Got to be violent on Vrabel's defense. Uh, chosen five two two on YouTube says, Buck, how do you feel about the offensive line? A lot of people feel it's still sketchy. Do you think they will bring in one or two more guys for depth after the dust settles? Well, I, you know, I don't want to rule out them, them churning, you know, bottom of the roster spots, but I think this is pretty well like the group, like the starting five and key backups. That's basically what this is going to look like unless an injury occurs, right? So I, I, I feel like this is kind of what we're looking at moving forward. How do I feel about them? Um, you know, I think it's the, I think it's the worst position group on the offense for sure. I don't think that there's any question about that. Wide receivers uh, obviously improved with DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, like he's going to be solid. Looks like he's going to be solid. Running backs, you know, you feel confident about them. Quarterbacks feel pretty good about the quarterback situation. Tight ends, you know, thin. There's only three players. I would think, I I do think that the offensive line group is is probably, you know, pretty easily the worst position group on the roster. Now, you know, I mean, can they be passable? Can they be average? I think an average offensive line gets the job done well enough in 2023, right? Can they just consistently be an average offensive line group? And I think that the more, you know, the more that I I look at who they have and the more that I see the different ways that they are getting exposed and some of the strengths that they have as a group, some of the weaknesses that they obviously have, looking at the play caller, can he find ways to hide, uh, can he find ways to hide poor offensive line play the way that offenses like Kyle Shanahan uh, does? 
does in San Francisco. I think that, you know, obviously to just stay healthy is the easiest thing. It's the most unpredictable thing. And of course, it's the thing that's least likely to happen. Somebody's going to get hurt at some point. That's just the way the football works. But I think that uh, I think that the offensive line group, you know, for sure on the offense, that's the position group that I feel worst about. I probably feel the worst about that group on the roster as a whole, like offense, defense, special teams. Kicker is, I mean, the kick, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's probably kicker that I feel worst about. And then one, one B to my kicking one a is the offensive line group. I think that, uh, I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty tough scene. Um, so, you know, how do I feel about it? I feel that they're going to go as lo- as far as the offensive line will allow them to. And I think that uh I think that you know, that's about as good as you can hope for trying to put it put together or rebuild as much as they had to rebuild of that group in just one offseason. Uh so, let's get to a gone viral video and then wrap this thing up on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. Johnny FNC on YouTube says, "How do you feel bad?" About having Folk? Oh, I mean, he's 38. He's not, you know, he's dipped below his field goal average, his field goal percentage average in the last couple of years. Um, he doesn't get touchbacks, which is honestly really concerning. Um, in fact, let me pull up his pro football reference because that was something that Lucas uh, Panzika brought up on the radio show today. And I was pretty surprised by how few touchbacks he had. Uh, now maybe that's, you know, something to do with the new England kickoff strategy that we're not aware of, but that he had 33 kickoff kickoffs last year and only three touchbacks, 9.1% of his kickoffs were touchbacks. That's not a good thing to have in the NFL. You don't want to give returners an opportunity. In fact, the rules have never been less in favor of returners getting opportunities. The idea that he would allow for that, they better be damn sure that they can cover kicks because it sounds like guys are taking it out of the end zone pretty regularly on Nick Falk. Um, you know, his field goal percentage, 86 and a half. He, that's a percentage and a half uh, more, a point and a half more by percentage than Randy Bullock made last year. His longest was 54 uh, from 40 to 49, which is the most important area. He wasn't great. He was 10 of 14. So from the most critical area for a field goal kicker to succeed, he was 10 of 14 for New England last year. That That's a number that needs to be improved. Now, can beggars be choosers? Probably not. The kicking situation, um, you know, all over the NFL. Trades all over the place for kickers specifically. You can tell that a lot of teams did not feel secure in their place kicking and field goal kicking situation. But I don't... Uh, why do I feel bad about them? Because I don't trust them to handle the kicking situation. It doesn't matter who they bring in at this point. Um, you know, they've had 13 different players on this roster as kickers in some form or fashion. And they haven't been, and that's just in the last five years. Like that's, you know, that's egregious. It's, it's really, really bad. Um, so uh, we will, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And obviously, you know, it's a situation that I, I don't think that he's like, if I asked you guys, do you think that they're going to go with one kicker or multiple kickers throughout the course of the year? You're probably going to answer multiple kickers, right? I, you, I don't trust them to be able to get through the season consistently. Randy Bullock was the last one that they did, and they caught him for they cut him for cost saving measures. Um, not ideal, but 
now Nick Folk, come on down. All right, gone viral video. What's the best thing that you saw on the internet this week? I will let you know what it was that I saw here in just a second. Right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found at GaryAshton.com. So what's the best thing you saw on the internet this weekend? Uh, The best thing that I saw on the internet this weekend is the lawsuit that's going on uh, right now between a couple of Burger King customers and the restaurant itself, not for the annoyingly earwormy jingle that they've created in the last couple of years, but because the size of the Whopper is just too big. A legal battle over the size of Burger King's Whopper is headed to court. A U.S. district judge in Miami rejected the burger chain's bid to dismiss a class action lawsuit brought by customers who say Burger King's in-store menu boards show a much bigger Whopper than what is actually served. Specifically, Burger King is accused of portraying its signature sandwich as having ingredients that, quote, overflow over the bun, making it appear 35% larger overall and with more than double the meat of an actual Whopper. Burger King, a unit of restaurant Brands International, countered that it wasn't required to deliver burgers that look exactly like the picture. But the judge said it's up to a jury to decide what, quote, reasonable people would think and whether Burger King's alleged actions amount to a breach of contract with its customers. Burger King and its lawyers did not immediately respond to requests for comment. The plaintiff's lawyer was not immediately available for comment. Burger King is not the only fast food chain accused of beefing up its images. McDonald's and Wendy's are defending against a similar lawsuit in Brooklyn, New York. And Taco Bell, a unit of Yum! Brands, was sued last month in Brooklyn for selling crunch wraps and Mexican pizzas that allegedly contain only half as much filling as advertised. I mean... Restaurants have been accused of doing this for years. Now, do the do the Whoppers need to be bigger? No. God knows we already are morbidly obese as a country and that portion size portion sizes need to be smaller. But I understand that when prices go up on your fast food, you want to make sure that you're getting as much bang for your buck as humanly possible. And now Burger King is in a lawsuit. I don't I, I don't I don't want to sing the song because I'm afraid I'll get sued. Uh the burger wasn't big enough is a uh, it's a uh, definitely a complaint uh, of the uh, of the obese. <laughs> but, you know, if they're advertising it a certain way, then you damn sure know somebody is going to take advantage of them uh, for a degree of false advertising. That's going to do it for us tonight on the Primetime Show. We appreciate you guys spending your time here with us. Radio show tomorrow, Blaine Bishop, the hitman, uh, Titans legend, going to be on the radio show. We'll also have Josh Pate, of Late Kick Live in studio to hang out with us and celebrate the college football season really getting underway. Have a great rest of your evening. Uh, 615 sessions tomorrow. We'll do even more roster cut reaction with Teron Davenport of ESPN. So you can uh, keep an eye out for that on the A to Z Sports YouTube and Facebook channels. And also, speaking of podcasts, another edition of the Install with Greg Cosell. We're going to talk about Caleb Murphy and Colton Dow specifically tomorrow with Greg. And we'll see what his tape analysis uh, has uh, has shown about two young players 
who might potentially make an impact on this roster this year. Have a great rest of your evening. Like I said, I'll talk to you tomorrow at some point, either on the radio or on A to Z Sports Primetime. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.